Hello, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely Show, a podcast for women who want to clear their clutter and create space for freedom and joy. If your life keeps getting bigger, but not better, keep listening to learn about decluttering from the inside out. It's about creating a life that's aligned with your values and priorities, so you can have more of what matters and less of what doesn't. I'm your host, Jennifer, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. It's Jen here, and welcome to episode 11 of the Simply and Fiercely show. Today, I want to talk to you about my minimalist wardrobe. And now, as most of you may know, if you've heard me in blog posts or in social media, I am very, very passionate about this topic. I believe that dressing with less is so powerful. In fact, one thing that I often talk about is how decluttering my closet and simplifying my wardrobe has greatly increased my self-confidence and how I feel about myself. And I know that I've gone on about this tons of times in various places. But what I realized today is that I don't think I've ever fully explained the relationship between the two, right? Explained how dressing with less has helped me overcome which in all honesty was really crippling anxiety and insecurity about my appearance. So that's what I thought I'd talk with you about today because I think it's a pretty important topic. And I think the best way to start is at the beginning. (laughs) So I'll just tell you a little bit about how I used to feel about myself. So the truth is I always was painfully insecure. Look, I know it happens to everybody. Nobody just wakes up one day and just magically feels better about themselves. But for me, it started from a really young age. Even in primary school, I remember hating the way that I looked. Obviously, this is a podcast and you can't see me. But for those who don't know, I'm half Chinese. And I grew up in a place where there weren't a lot of Asian kids. And I had this really round face. And my mother used to make me get this horrendous bowl cut. And even then, like, I think I was like year one, a lot of people couldn't tell if I was a boy or a girl. And I remember really, really young being just hating the way that I looked, wishing that I looked like the other kids in my school. It really hits me hard now because I have a daughter who's five years old and she just started school. And it's so hard for me to imagine, like, looking at her now that she could hate the way that she looked, that she could feel disgusted when she looked in the mirror or wish that she looked like somebody else. But truthfully, that's how I remember feeling as young as like six or seven years old. I wanted to be like blonde, like all the girls in my class who I thought were really beautiful. Really young, I started to feel this insecurity about my appearance. And as I'm sure you can imagine, only got a bit worse as I got into my teenage years and into my early 20s. It was something where... Like I was an awkward teenager. Again, I didn't look like other people, although I did realize that I could kind of fit in if I played by the rules, if that makes sense. So that's why, truthfully, I think my shopping addiction started. I realized the first time I ever heard of The Gap, I think I was like 13. My family didn't have a lot of money. We didn't really shop. I thought The Gap was like a high-end shop. We didn't really shop in those kind of shops. But when I started seeing other people wearing these clothes, and I remember buying this first t-shirt from The Gap, and I can remember it now, it was like, it was really ugly. It was like just turquoise stripes, but I thought I was so cool in it, and it helped me feel better about myself. That's where I started learning this pattern very early on, that even though I hated how I looked, even though I felt horribly insecure, but I could use things to hide that from people. 
So I started buying clothes, makeup, you know, as soon as I could earn some money, I had a part-time job pretty young. So as soon as I started earning money, I would start buying makeup, clothes, anything that I thought could kind of hide me from the world. And it helped me feel better about myself, even though deep down, I was horrified when I looked into the mirror. And so as I said, that honestly really went through into my late 20s, early 30s, which is kind of embarrassing. But the truth is it just spiraled out of control. I ended up full-blown shopaholic by my late 20s. I was using shopping to hide all sorts of insecurities, but my parents was still the biggest one. It was sort of like, to be completely honest with you, I was at this stage where if I didn't have a full hour to do my hair and makeup, to pick out what I thought, you know, after I tried on like 20, 30 outfits and put on the one that I thought was like the trendiest. If I didn't have that time, I didn't even want to leave the house. Like I can remember sitting on my floor sort of in tears. My partner at the time would be like waiting for me to go somewhere. And I would be like, no, I don't even want to leave the house. I just want to stay home. I just hated the way that I looked so badly. And, you know, I can see that now because I was doing some decluttering, going through some old stuff. And I realized that between like, I don't know, maybe being a young child back at the age where your parents still were the ones who took photos of you until almost 30, I have almost no pictures of myself. And that's because I could not stand the way I looked. I think I was in my early 20s when digital cameras became a mainstream affordable thing. And um, at the time, I was actually living in London. I was traveling, you know, what a lot of people would consider a really great life. And you would imagine that I would want to document that. And I did. I took lots of pictures of friends and people that I met in beautiful places. But I still took hardly any photos of myself. And if I did, I threw them away or I deleted them because I was horrified by how I looked on camera. So that's how I used to feel. Fast forward to now. I am nearly 42. For reference, I've had two kids. What's normal these days? But I think that I look like a kind of normal woman. My belly's a little jiggly. I have acne scars and, you know, little wrinkles popping up. Things that my brain knows that I, quote unquote, should hate about myself. Yet the truth is, I really don't, which is a bit, almost feels odd to say. Honestly, when I reflect on how far I've come in the past 10 years, it really like blows my mind of how I could go from this person who honestly used to spend a significant amount of time sitting in front of the mirror in tears, just hating the way I look. In fact, actually, I, I did see an old photo of myself not that long ago where I remember it just reminded me of the stage where I had this, I cut on myself, this horrible, really thick fringe or bangs, which really didn't suit me, but I cut them and I liked them because it made me feel like I could hide from the world, right? I have really thick hair. And so I would wear my like thick, long hair down with its really thick bangs. And it was like just a little tiny bit of my face would pop out. I was just so uncomfortable, right? And now I don't look in the mirror and think, oh my gosh, I'm a supermodel or anything. But I do look in the mirror and I say, hmm, you know, I don't hate me. And when I get dressed and I walk out of my house, I, you know, have my chin held high and I think, hmm, I'm happy. Do you know what? I'm happy with how I look. I'm confident. I'm not worried about how I look compared to other people. I just genuinely feel really good in my skin, which I always feel weird saying because it almost feels like a bit of a cocky or an arrogant thing to say, but it's true. 
I feel fantastic. Actually, and if you're looking for proof, I was thinking about this the other day, I um, have just ventured into creating reels on Instagram. Everybody says these are the thing you've got to do today to connect with people. So I've given it a try. And I thought I would hate it, but I actually had a lot of fun with it. I enjoy talking. (laughs) As some of you could probably tell, I enjoy talking specifically about minimalism and decluttering. But in the past, I used to be a bit nervous about being on video just because of this insecurity I felt about myself. But like I was filming some of these the other day and I was just, you know, I look in the footage and I don't think I look amazing. Like there's things I'm like, oh yeah, probably maybe should have put some mascara on or curled my hair or something. But at the same time, I'm fine. I can publish it on the internet knowing that, you know, potentially tens of thousands of people see it. I can deal with it. And as I said, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I couldn't even take a picture of me in an experience that was once of a lifetime because I was so horrified of just looking at it myself. So that is my personal journey of how I've gone from crippling insecurity to, I would say, feeling good about myself. Now you're probably wondering, what does this have to do with minimalism? What does it have to do with minimalist stressing? And how did this happen? (laughs) I'm going to share this quote from a book that I read that has nothing to do with minimalism or decluttering, but it just set off some light bulbs in my brain. And the book is called This is Marketing by Seth Godin. So yes, as I said, nothing about minimalism or decluttering. Here we go. Normalization creates culture and culture drives our choices, which leads to more normalization. So now let me break this down and explain how it applies to me and the changes that I've went through and how it probably applies to you as well. Normalization creates culture. So from a very young age, as I said, I normalized using clothes to help me deal with my insecurity. And looking back, the way I think about it is that it was almost like a mask, right? So when I'm feeling kind of crappy about myself and I don't want to leave the house, I can put on an expensive pair of heels and a full face of foundation and carry my expensive handbag and kind of feel a bit better about myself. So I normalized that, right? I normalized that over 15 years and that became culture. You could argue that that's a culture, you know, about society as whole, but at a minimum, it was my own internal culture. That's how I lived. Those were my beliefs and that drove my choices, right? So I would shop compulsively and it was driven by this need to be accepted, this need to be loved, to hide my insecurity from the world because that's the culture where I lived. And of course, what happened, the more I bought, the more I reinforced those that inner culture, which as Seth Godin says, that is going to lead to more normalization. So I was stuck in this culture loop. And yeah, just the way he explained it, that really resonated with me. The more I got used to seeing myself a certain way, you know, as I said, behind my mask, the more the thought of removing my mask became so daunting. It's like, I didn't even know who I was or what I look like underneath all of this stuff, quote unquote. Eventually, as some of you have known my story, I started decluttering. And of course, we often start with our closets, which is good. I'll explain that why I think that in a minute. But I started decluttering my closet. Honestly, it did take me quite a few years to do I found that a lot of the decluttering advice 
specifically for clothes that exist out there doesn't work well for me. You know, there's kind of this traditional idea, you just dump everything on your bed and you pull things out one at a time and you try them on and decide what to keep. I found that to be very stressful and arbitrary. So I actually eventually came up with my own system for closet decluttering, um, which I think is a lot more intentional, which I teach in a program that I created that's called the One Day Closet Cleanse. So I will link to that in the show notes and I'll tell you more about that at the end of the episode. But anyway, so I finally started to make this progress of decluttering my closet. And every time that I decluttered articles of clothing, right? If if I tell you that I was thinking of it like a mask, it was like taking off the mask. So the less I had to hide behind, the more I had to get used to seeing myself in the mirror, to being myself without all of these things that I clung to that made me feel better, right? It was like putting down my security blanket. And obviously at first it felt horrible. It was so uncomfortable. I felt like crap. I was like, I look horrible. Who am I without all of these things that used to define me? But again, if you go back to this cycle, normalization creates culture. Culture drives our choices. So the more time I spent without these things, so as I started to declutter my life, as I started to get rid of, you know, I used to be the type who would wear four-inch heels to the supermarket. And I know that probably sounds a bit ridiculous to some people, but no judgment if you like doing that. But it didn't come from a place of me enjoying it. It came from a place of me being, I'm so hideous that I need to wear four-inch heels to go grocery shopping just so that people don't look at me and think something's wrong with her. I don't even know what I was afraid of. It was so, um, I'm not saying that my fears were logical, just to be clear, but I had these fears that compelled me to do these things. But anyway, as I start to declutter, now I am going out into the world as just my normal self, right? So now I'm going out to the supermarket wearing a pair of Birkenstocks like most people do. (laughs) Anyway, I had to get used to that, right? I normalized what I looked like. I normalized who I was without these extra things in my life. And over time, it went through this process of creating a new culture right? So now I'm starting to feel more comfortable. It's kind of like, have you ever either you've colored your hair or someone that you know has done like a really extreme hair dye, right? They've gone from like blonde to brown. And when you first see them, it's like a shock and you're like, oh my God, what have, you know, you're not even sure if you like it because it's just a shock to your senses. And then when you get used to it, then you're like, oh, actually I like it. But just at first it was so shocking, right? It's kind of like that. This whole concept of normalization creates culture It was, I had to normalize seeing myself without all these little fancy bits and bobs that I was adding to my life. And as I did, I started to look at myself in the mirror, to be completely frank and be like, oh, that's what I look like, kind of forgotten. When I was struggling with insecurity and had so many clothes, you have no idea. I was such a shopaholic, so many clothes, so many shoes, so many bags. It's almost when I would look in the mirror, I almost wasn't even looking at my face, right? I had all these distractions. And maybe, maybe I was hoping other people would do the same. But now as I've put down the distractions, right, if I'm just wearing what I realized I felt most comfortable in is pretty basic clothes, to be example. I'm really like a t-shirt and denim kind of girl. And so when I'm wearing that and I look in the mirror, you know, my clothes aren't overwhelming me. I'm looking at my mirror right now as I'm filming this. I'm looking at my face, right? And I have to get used to seeing my face. And so as I get used to it, that drives my choices. As I get used to just being me without all these extras, I start to make choices that are in alignment with that. 
again, this didn't happen overnight. I didn't go from like, I hate myself to I love myself in 24 hours. It was an honestly, you know, a several year period. And with each year, I actually feel more and more comfortable. But I started to do things like I stopped dyeing my gray hair about four years ago. In 2018, I stopped dyeing my gray hair. And that was shocking a bit at first, but then I got used to it. And now it's just part of who I am and it doesn't shock me. Getting old, I started to get really sensitive eyes. So I pretty much stopped wearing eye makeup altogether because it always irritates my eyes. So I had to get used to looking at the mirror, my little Asian eyes without tons of mascara. I still wear a little bit, but I definitely don't wear eyeshadow anymore. And so all these little things, which I'm not saying that you need to do, I'm not saying you need to give up makeup or stop dyeing your hair. But one thing is that you declutter, you are letting go of the things you were hiding behind, right? And so it's a cycle. You get a bit more, first you normalize, first you just get used to being yourself without all this extra stuff. And then you've got that space, like a fertile ground to start to love yourself, right? You're never going to love your gray hair if you only see it for a couple of days and then you color it with dye, right? You're never going to love what you look like without certain outfits, you know, without certain accessories, you never get yourself a chance to not wear them. That's how minimalist dressing set me down the path of self-acceptance and really loving myself. And honestly, this is why I believe that the most important decluttering project that you can do is decluttering your closet. It's just so personal. Your clothes tell story, right? There's so much more than just clothes. They reflect your fears, your insecurities, your hopes, your dreams, who you wish you were, who you think you should be, right? And when you go through the process of decluttering your closet, you get the practical benefits. It's easier to get dressed. You get these less tangible benefits like feeling better about yourself. But I also think that when you start with decluttering your closet, or you don't necessarily have to start there, but when you do that project, it empowers you to simplify anything else. Like the skills that you learn, what you go through, having to tackle decluttering your closet is so empowering. And then you can declutter, you can take what you've learned and apply it to anything else. Like anything else in your home is going to be simple compared to decluttering your closet. So as I said, if this is something that you need help with, I do have a unique program. It's called the One Day Closet Cleanse. It is unlike anything that I've ever encountered, where we take a really personal approach to exploring your relationship with your closet. And we also take a really intentional look at what makes you feel good. And we craft your closet around the clothes that you truly love to wear, right? So we're not doing this arbitrary method of just sorting through everything because I'm not trying to be rude, but if you were good at making decisions about your clothes, you wouldn't sort of need help decluttering in the first place, right? So um, that's my program. It's the One Day Closet Cleanse. Again, I'll link that in the show notes and you can check it out. But the other thing I wanted to mention is as a sort of special promotion, I am hosting a free workshop for anyone who is in the program. So it doesn't matter if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I bought the one day closet cleanse two years ago. Don't worry, you'll get this invitation. But if you've been thinking about buying the program, now is the best time because it's going to be a live workshop on the 16th of March at 7pm Eastern Standard Time. And I'm going to be teaching two things. The main workshop is going to be about how to stop buying clothes that you never wear. We touched on that in the program, but I felt like it needed its own special workshop just because 
you know, your decluttering is pointless if you can't stop shopping, right? It's like trying to clean up a leaky faucet without turning off the tap. You have to cut it off at the source first. Learning how to control your shopping goes hand in hand with decluttering your closet. And what's better, because it's a live workshop, I'm going to be giving people the opportunity to ask questions about anything that has to do with shopping or closet decluttering. Okay, so if you're listening to this and it's before the 16th of March, go sign up for the program and you'll get to come to the workshop. You'll get an invite to the workshop live. Or if you're listening to this in the future, the good news is if you sign up for the program, the One Day Closet Can Cleanse, you'll still get access to the replay. Okay, thank you all for your time and for letting me be vulnerable with you. And I hope you have a wonderful day and I hope I'll be seeing you um, on that live workshop. Okay, have a good day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Simply and Fiercely show. If you want to learn more, you can download my free mindful decluttering guide and learn all the secrets that help me go from shopaholic to minimalist. All you need to do is visit simplyfiercely.com backslash free guide. That's all one word to get instant access. Until next time. Thanks again.